Hello, this is Lady Sarah, and you are listening to The Basement Lounge. Hey guys, this is Mike Shea, and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds play magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. They set you up with awesome sponsors. All you got to do is record a script, kind of like what I'm doing now, throw it onto your show and start making money. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now. Just do it already. Hey guys, this is Mike, and before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know that you can now join the Basement Lounge team by supporting the show on Patreon. Right now, we have a $1 tier that is so full of cool rewards, you'd be a fool to pass it up. Just go to patreon.com slash basementloungepod to sign up right away, and now, on with the show. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in, because you're in... The Basement Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Basement Lounge. This is the cool, relaxed space where we sit down with rising stars in the entertainment industry, be they actors, musicians, comedians, what have you, anybody with a story to tell and a dream they're trying to live out. And today we have got a rising star from the Los Angeles area. She is One of the stars of the podcast, Dead Serious, a serialized zombie podcast we've talked about on this show before. She is an actress out in Los Angeles, like I said. Her name is Catherine Duncan. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Um, Now, we met uh, virtually, have not met in person, but we were introduced through a mutual friend, Travis Diffendurfer, who's the showrunner over at Dead Serious, and he brought you on to be the role of Naomi uh, on Dead Serious, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, I just want to talk about you and where you came from and how the hell you got to be out in Los Angeles, because you're not originally from Los Angeles, are you? No, I'm from a small town in Arkansas called Searcy. Grew up on a farm with my mom and dad and all of our pets, cats, dogs, chickens, horses, anything you can name. Now, first question, why is it Arkansas and not Arkansas? I just, I need to know that answer because <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't know the science behind it, but yeah, everyone out here, as soon as I say Arkansas, they say, oh, Arkansas. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it, it, <laughs> not really. I'm a former English teacher. That's why, that's why it bugs me. Um, so how, um. <laughs> how, how, do, how the hell do you get from Arkansas to Los Angeles? Well, I wanted to drop out of school and move to Los Angeles when I was, like, in middle school. That's uh, sensible. School was never my thing. <laughs> um, uh, so I always wanted to get out and kind of uh, figure out my life outside of Cersei. My uh, mom traveled for work, so I always got to travel with her, which was wonderful. So whenever I went to college, I went to Charleston, South Carolina, which is where I met our friend Travis. 
Um, and then I went home for a few months to save up money and bartend and moved out here last January. So you've only been living there for uh, for about a year. Yes. So why why like I understand the want to get out to LA and 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 to make your dreams come true. I'm trying to do that myself right now. But why the urge mm-hmm. to straight up just drop out of school? Oh, um I felt like I could learn so much more from life experiences outside of school. Um I'm glad now that I didn't do that because I got to kind of have a childhood and um, I was kind of shielded from a lot of things that now, you know, once you're out in the real world, you figure out. Um, but at the time, I didn't really get that. <laughs> um, you know, I, you're talking to a guy who, you know, like Travis, was a creative type living in in the South, living in, in a right. not, not an artistic part of the country. Um, did you yeah. find that you had a similar kind of experience in Arkansas where it just you felt a little out of place? Uh, a bit. Uh, not as much as uh, I think others do just because I was surrounded by so much more art and intellectual conversations through my parents because they traveled so much for work. And I got to accompany them and got to know people from all over the country and the world. Um, so I didn't quite feel out of place. I just more felt like I was ready to get going and ready to get started on my career. And I felt like I was wasting time, you know, paying my dues. Mm-hmm. And then you but said... But now looking back, it was the best thing for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you said that your mom traveled for work. What did she do? Uh, she worked with a company called Special Quest. Uh, They designed programs to help kids with uh, special needs. Uh, She was a teacher uh, for special ed for a long time. And then uh, she started working for this company, and they would uh, travel the country. They were based out of California um, and develop programs for other teachers to use and help the kids. And so so you said you got to go on the road with her. Yeah. uh, Ever since I was three months old, she was flying me all over when they were doing their conferences. So... You know, getting to go on all those trips with her and and, and seeing these new places and meeting all these new people, was there any part of that that led to, you know, you know, part of being an actor means you're you're a part of you're always part of telling a story. Were there people that you Mm -hmm. met along the way who maybe, um, you know, were inspired you to get into that storytelling kind of lifestyle? For sure. Um, There were so many interesting people that I met um, from China and Brazil and all these different cultures. But then on the other side of it, I spent a lot of time uh, in hotel rooms watching movies. Or when I was home, when my mom was away, I would be with my grandmother and we would watch old movies. Um, And so I grew up a lot of my life through film and through the stories that they told. And then when you get to high school and you fall in love with those silly CW TV shows and um, love triangles and all that. It felt like it taught me a lot in a safe space, and I would love to be a part of that story for someone else. So you mentioned you mentioned CW series. Um, I was going to bring yeah. this up later. We're bringing it up now. I do my fair share of Internet stalking of everybody that I bring on the show. <laughs> I ask people questions. I scroll through Facebook and Instagram. You, like me, are a big fan of CW television. Oh, yeah. I, I'm i a big CW fan. 
And Absolutely. And would it be fair to say that one of your great ambitions in life is to be an actress on a CW program? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the dream. Uh, I know the Oscar is what you should shoot for, but I think it would be so much more fun to be on one of those shows that have gone on for, you know, eight to 15 seasons. I mean, Supernatural is on its 15th right now, and uh, they just got to know everyone on the cast and the crew and just act and do these stories without the restrictions and the pressure of the next job and all that stuff. I don't know if I ever want to get to the level where I'm so concerned about where my career is going that I stop thinking about the stories that I'm telling. Well, and I think people people knock working in television, but it, that's, you know, if the show takes off, that's crazy job security. That's that's that's, oh, yeah. that's work for 8 years. Exactly. And I know I'm an actress living in L.A., living the wishy-washy life, but I would love job security. Um, what are some of the shows on CW right now that you're a big fan of? Uh, I'm a big fan of Roswell, New Mexico. They just did their first season, and it was surprisingly phenomenal. Um, Supernatural is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, they're doing their final season right now, and it's heartbreaking um because i've been with them feels like over half my life um so those are probably my two favorites right now i uh, i admittedly am, am a big fan of all the the dc superhero shows on the cw i'm I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a season or two behind on most of them because i work in television so finding the time to watch television is exhausting it's nearly impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not fun um but have you ever have you ever watched any of those and thought to yourself i could i could be a superhero uh, it would be so fun. Um, I definitely, I, the actress Catherine McNamara, uh, her career kind of is a guideline for where I'd like mine to go. Mm-hmm. Um, she is on Arrow right now. I haven't seen any of, um, her seasons, but it seems like a really badass, fun character to do. Um, especially cause I think when she in- was introduced, um, she was a boxer, uh, have you seen her in it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm, I'm like two seasons behind, so I haven't seen her in it, but oh, okay. I, I keep seeing her name popping up everywhere. Yeah, well, I uh, box in my spare time, and I have for years, so that was always like, oh, oh, that would be so fun and so cool. Wait, no, 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 no. You're not going to bury the lead on me here. Okay, wait, so you box? <laughs> yes, I started boxing when I was in Charleston. Um, I wanted some self-defense practices. So I would wake up at 6 a.m. and go to this little gym um, out in West Ashley. And uh, it was a bunch of uh, military guys. And the guy coaching was actually a boxer. And then, like, me and one other girl. And it was phenomenal, and I loved it. Um, And then I moved out here, and now I work at a boxing gym called Rumble. uh, Just working the front desk, but it's still really fun. I, I, I don't like to get hit. I, I don't do well. I, I was never good at playing football or anything because at the end of the day, if I had to get hit, I didn't like it. How, how, do, you de- how do you get around that in boxing? How do you get around the idea of this person across from me is going to punch me in the face? Well, to be fair, I never got in the ring for a match. I told them, I was like, I'm here to learn self-defense, and if I get hit every once in a while, that's fine, but I don't actually want to mess with my face since that's kind of the whole point of acting um 
But uh, I did get hit a few times in Charleston, especially when you're throwing mitts, you know, if you don't duck when you're supposed to duck. Uh, so I had a few um, few close calls, but here uh, at the boxing gym, it's usually just you and a bag, so there's not really a chance of you getting hit. Yeah, boxes don't, or bags don't have arms, uh, which is which is helpful. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever gone to like the bowling alley or the arcade where they have that that arcade game where you're supposed to punch the bag as hard as you can? And uh, I've seen them, but I've never found one anywhere. But I want to know just how weak in comparison I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you when you go training for boxing, you know you know because I'm a guy who's watched a lot of Rocky movies. Are you running up and down the state house steps? Or are you are you, ca- <laughs> are you are you carrying logs up snowy mountains? What's 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 training like for you? Oh no, it's it's so much more wimpy than that. Uh, it's usually just a lot of box jumps, squat jumps, um, shadow boxing, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm by no means a professional. It's more just a really fun workout that I feel like if I tried to get if someone tried to mug me, I would have a few moves. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's oh my god, that's. I, I, I love that I found that out about you today. So <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about let, let's talk about we're, we're not going to talk about dead serious just yet. But so you're okay. you're in Arkansas and then you go to Charleston, South Carolina. You meet Travis. You're, you're working on the college thing and the acting thing and the theater thing. And you eventually yeah. you eventually get out to Los Angeles. So well, I'm assuming we've all we've all seen Barry. We all we all know Barry on HBO. Um, yeah, acting classes in Los Angeles. Let's 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 right. let's dish. Are they really that just awkwardly awesomely hellish? I have not had that experience. Um, you kind of run the gambit of which teacher you're going to pick, um, so it can be really harrowing more or less about uh, the teachers will be very find your spirit animal and really just feel what you're going to feel. And it doesn't feel very constructive mm-hmm. or you get someone who actually is in the business and knows what they're doing. I did my first class here. Um, have you ever seen dollhouse by Joss Whedon? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the one that's got um, okay, uh, Maggie Q in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think that's Nikita. That's Nikita. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, yeah. I have no, seen Dollhouse, good. though. Uh, well, one of the guys in it, Enver Yokai, um, he was also in uh, Agent Carter, the TV show. He played Daniel. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, he's been a big idol of mine for a while, and I got a chance to be in his master class workshop like the first week that I moved here. And it was not what I expected. I showed up, and it was a total of 10 people. It was very intimate. And everyone else there, I was like, oh, I recognize you from this show. Oh, you're on Hallmark movies. And they were all friends. And then there was me. And they went around the table introducing themselves and talking about all their accomplishments. And they got to me, and I just said, well, this is my first week in Los Angeles. I've never been on an audition. And I thought I'd start at the big kids' table. And they were so nice to me. They were just, you know, and Vera was like, here's the perfect table. Here's some constructive criticism. Here's my number. If you like me coaching in the future, it was 
ridiculously nice, and I don't know how I looked into it. So you really just you just jumped you you just jumped into the deep end. You did you didn't take your time. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just went for it. Exactly. What's a what's a master class like? Like what's what are some of the things they have you do? Well, uh, this is an auditioning master class. So first he had us bring um, a monologue from a scene that we uh, were going to study. And then we basically kind of went through and annotated it, which was great for me because I studied poetry uh, partially in college. Um, so you just kind of go through and annotate and you make larger the words that you want to put more emphasis on and you make italics the ones you want to have different emotions on. It really helps you read the scene in your head the way that you want it to come out. Um, and then he had us stand up in front of a recorder and just read the scene through. And then he would give us uh, kind of an idea of how to change it. So I think for mine, he said, pretend like you're carrying a boulder at the words that you want to be heaviest and pretend that you or stand on your tiptoes on the words that you don't make matter as much. And it was weird how just changing your body in those slight ways made your entire speech come out completely different. So if I were to ask you to do a monologue right now on the show, would you be able to do it? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the only one I can think of is one from, uh, oh, God, I can't believe I actually did this for an audition once. Um, I assume you've seen Firefly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Love Firefly. Um, so I actually went up on stage once and did the monologue of um, Wash talking about juggling geese. I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> I, I, vaguely, yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. It's like 10 seconds long. It's not a monologue. It's like two lines. And I got up on stage in Charleston and auditioned for something with those like two lines from Firefly. That is fantastic. I love that so much. <laughs> I did a I did I did a section from V for Vendetta for one of my for one of my monologue classes in college. So Ooh, I was brutal. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the one at the beginning where every word starts with the letter V. <laughs> that was that was hell. Bold choice. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to show off. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a moment to interrupt the show and give a very special shout out to the people who support this show every month on Patreon. I want to shout out Whitney Latin, Jody McDermott, and my mother Melissa Shea, who every single month help support this show. And if you want to be one of those awesome people, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash basement lounge pod and join the $1 tier. You'll get shouted out on the air, get your name listed in the description. You get early access to all these shows commercial free through our Patreon RSS feed and so many other cool rewards. Once again, go to patreon.com slash basement lounge pod, join the $1 tier and help support the show. Speaking of the show, let's get back to it. Um, I, I, I happen to find, uh, so, some, some pictures, uh, from back in August of you quote, living out my Alice in Wonderland dreams. Oh, <laughs> what in the world is happening here? Okay. Uh, so I love Alice in Wonderland. Um, 
My Instagram title, Impossible Catherine, is because Alice in Wonderland thinks nine impossible things before breakfast. Um, and for my birthday, my wonderful, beautiful best friend of a roommate, Marissa Ayers, uh, bought me tickets to this um, interactive Alice in Wonderland play that was performing in Los Angeles. And you go, and it's a tea party, and so they have alcoholic tea drinks and then uh, like little hors d'oeuvres, and it's the characters walk around and talk to you, and it's the Mad Hatter and his whole clan, and it was ridiculously fun. That is, that is just. There's nothing like that around here. There's nothing like exactly. that for me to do that around here. <laughs> I know that's the thing about Los Angeles is there's so many different opportunities. I mean, in the nine months that I've been here, I've done enough for five years of fun stuff that I could have done in Arkansas. You know. That is so much fun. That is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that for your birthday back in September, you did a fundraiser for Be The Match. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what Be The Match is? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I actually I don't have any connection to uh, them, uh, except that I found out about them about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was watching a video, and it was this kid and his best friend talking about he had a disease that was going to kill him in the next year unless he found a donor for bone marrow. Um, but if he found the donor with the bone marrow match, he would live out the rest of his life and be completely happy and healthy. And uh, so Be The Match is an organization that takes uh, swabs from your cheek and then matches you to other people who need bone marrow transplants. And uh, it just seems like such an incredible organization that, you know, you go through a week of discomfort of them taking you bone marrow, and then you can literally save a life. And that just seems so incredible to me. So I've uh, joined the registry, and for my birthday this year, I just wanted to donate some money and see what I could help with. Uh, the, the reason I brought that up is, is I was I was very... I was, I was very touched to see that you did that. My my, my dad passed away a couple of years ago from from leukemia, and so yeah. get, getting to see people working with organizations in small or big ways uh, for something like that is is fantastic. So so kudos to you for for taking that yeah. initiative. Um, well, sorry to hear that though. I appreciate it. Um, you've got a quote on your Facebook page that uh, I actually. I really enjoyed uh, seeing it. Uh, it was from St. Augustine. It's the measure of love is to love without measure. What it, What is it yeah. about that quote that, that connected with you? Uh, if I'm honest with you, I put that on Facebook when I was maybe 14, so like 10 years ago. Like the rest and of I us did. I forgotten okay. that it was still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I I think it was in uh, one of my favorite book series, um, The Mortal Instruments. Uh, it always has quotes at the beginning of each chapter, and I think that was for one of the chapters, and I just thought that that was a really beautiful thing um, because it's really not about the time you spend with someone or how deep your connection looks to other people. It's about, you know, you can meet someone for five minutes and love them without measure and then that be the greatest love of your life. And I just think that's a really beautiful way to live. Would you say that you're would you say that you're a romantic type person? Yes, I am hopelessly ridiculously romantic. It's 
obnoxious. Um, <laughs> my parents met when they were in elementary school and then were high school sweethearts. So it's part of that comes from them. Um, That's freaking adorable. High school sweethearts. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm the only one that broke out of that in my family. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, life is too short not to believe in silly things like romance. Would you say that, uh, you know, in, in, re- in relationships past, or I don't know if you're in one right now, if you are, um, mm-hmm. that you, you know, like for you in a relationship, what, like, what's, what's that like for you? Are you, are you the person who's like, constantly wanting to to be in contact or be around the other person like what 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 is a relationship like for Catherine Duncan uh I would say I love being very very independent um and I the longest relationship I've had is lasted like three months um so I don't have a lot to read off of but uh, I'd imagine once I get into a longer-term relationship, it will probably be like how I am with my roommate, which sounds so silly. But uh, I love making sure that the people that I love are happy and you know content, and uh, like cooking dinner for someone when they've had a bad day, or bringing them tea when they're sick, you know that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's the small things that matter more. You are you are just a bottle of adorable sweetness, Catherine. <laughs> that being said, well, you. you're welcome. That being said, let's talk about uh, something in your life that is the exact opposite of that. Let's talk about your role of Naomi in the Dead Serious podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, as 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 producer for Dead Serious, I, I can attest to something, which is that um, you came into Dead Serious with no voice acting experience. This was your first time doing something yeah. like this. Yeah, exactly. I was really nervous about it. What was what was kind of the main thing that made you decide that you wanted to give something like this a shot? Well, I loved the character. Um, I feel like it's always easiest to play the characters that are least like yourself, uh, even though you should find bits and pieces of them that you can tie into yourself to really sell it. Um, so I love the opportunity to play, you know, kind of a bitchy witch with like vindictive tendencies and a very very traumatic past um plus uh travis and i have been friends for a while and everything he writes i just really enjoy so i'm slightly you know trying to ride on his coattails if i'm honest (laughs) Ah, called it um so you came in you know you you came in in a little bit of an emergency situation, we had had an, we had had a different actress originally lined up to play Naomi, and then scheduling things like that fell through, and so it was it was great that we were able to find somebody to come in because you know initially when Travis came to me and said we I found I found a replacement, she's got no voice acting experience. My response <laughs> at first was, oh shit, and then yeah, he showed me and described to me the copious amounts of research and and character work you did for <laughs> Naomi going into it. Tell, tell me about some of that. Oh, well, um, I love being underestimated. It's, it's it, it genuinely because it's so much fun to show up and be more prepared. Um, it was really important to me to do a good job. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's something that no one ever sees or something you don't get paid for. It's still something that has my name on it. 
and uh, that carries weight. So I wanted to put as much effort into it as I could. Um, so Travis just texted me and asked for me to kind of make up a few things that I imagined about her character. And, um, I mean, as an English professor, I'm sure you love character analyzing. So I just kind of did that. Um, I found what songs on my playlist I thought she'd listen to, what astrological signs you probably would be, um, a couple of stories from her past that would kind of guide where he wanted her to go in the future. Um, cause it's so much easier to embody a character once you've done all that research. And so what were what were some of the things about Naomi that, that you discovered and developed on your own? Uh, well, she loves slightly punk rock music. Um, I think I said she was a Taurus. <laughs> oh, wow, we're getting deep. Okay. Yeah, real deep. Diving in. Um, and I felt like she's, she's a lot more... Uh, broken than she kind of seems and her dialogue puts out there uh, which is kind of necessary um, especially in that kind of world um, but she had just kind of been through the ringer with her family and her past and you know we, you've read the script you'll see where that goes in the future I don't want to spoil anything um, but I liked making her a bit more complex than just the um, killing kind of flouncy uh, witch now, Travis has been hard at work with himself and with other act- uh, other artists developing artwork for the show. Um, oh, yeah. We recently posted an image of, of uh, an artist's rendering of what Naomi kind of looks like. Um, my question for you is, can you see yourself cosplaying as Naomi at Comic-Con next year? <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love the combat booths. They're great. Right? Um. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, and honestly, like anything to go to a Comic-Con, I am dying to go. But the reason I've been holding back from going, it's a little bit silly, but I almost don't want to go until I'm on a panel as a cast member <laughs> and like save it. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> who, who among us doesn't want to be on a Comic-Con panel? I mean, come on. Right? Oh, what a dream. What kind of do you, would you want to go to be on a panel for a show you're on, or would you want to go to maybe like be on one of the discussion panels about a certain topic? Oh, uh, a show I'm on uh, would be the goal, but uh, any panel, honestly, uh, I'm just thinking about you know the 100, also the CW show. I'm obsessed with it, and uh, they're going into their final season, and I would love to see them at Comic Con. Just the discussions that they'll have about the final season would be amazing. That's that's fantastic. I, I, I've been to, uh, here in Dayton, we call Dayton the Gem City. I've been to Gem City Comic Con, which is basically, oh, okay. well, it's it's the basement of the convention center and <laughs> a bunch of local comic book shops set up vendor tables, and that's about it. Um, I'm that's kidding. So it's fun. fun. It's totally fun. Please invite me back. <laughs> um, but that's you know the seeing seeing the work you've developed and 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 put into with Naomi. Uh, from from my side of the table has been fantastic. I remember when Travis first sent me some of your audio, um, and it really was like like Naomi had had just come to life. I mean, she felt like a living, breathing character. Um, we've got wow, that means so much. Thank of you. course, we 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 we've got a fantastic team of voice actors on the show, myself notwithstanding, and to have 
but but yeah, for for that for Naomi to be like the second character that get in, gets introduced on the show and to have her so fully realized um, was just fantastic, and it made it made developing things around her that much easier, especially for Travis on the story side of things. Um, yeah, it was a blast. Before I, before I let you go here, Catherine, uh, a couple more things. Yeah. Um, as far as Naomi and Dead Serious goes, do you have any ideas or thoughts on where you'd like the character to go next? Ooh, um, I'm not sure. I know we have a lot more of the story to tell, and I honestly think she's probably going to go much darker before we see the end of the show. Um, so I'm really excited to see kind of how that goes, you know, her, her dive into the darkness and then hopefully redemption, um, will be really fun. And before, and, and finally, last question, Catherine, I ask this of everybody whenever they come on the show, uh, no matter what, what realm of entertainment it is they're working in, I think we all initially have some kind of goal up on a pedestal. Maybe it's to win an Oscar, maybe it's to host Saturday Night Live, but no matter what it is we do, we always have that one thing that we know. Once we hit that milestone, we've 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 freaking made it. For you, Catherine Duncan, what is that milestone? What is the thing you're looking towards at the end of the tracks that's going to let you know you've made it? Get to second season of a CW TV show, and then I can close off my acting career and go open a bookshop in the boonies. That is, I I love I love that you had the answer right away. So many people are like, uh, 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 and you 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 know you know what it is you want to do, and traveling yeah. from Arkansas to Charleston, South Carolina, in the wrong direction, <laughs> finally making it out to Los Angeles, California, doing master classes on auditioning with with real Hollywood actors. And now you're the voice of Naomi Sky in the Dead Serious Serialized Podcast, which is in its second season right now. Uh, Catherine Duncan, you you are very much a rising star in entertainment, and you have got uh, a hell of a career ahead of you. Um, Thank you, Mike. Of course, Catherine. And and finally, let the people at home know this is your chance to, to, to push whatever you got. Let the folks at home know where they can find you online if you would like them to and what they can expect from you next. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Impossible Catherine on Instagram, and you can hear me as Naomi on Dead Serious. Season 2 is out now on Spotify and elsewhere that podcasts are found. Fantastic, guys. Once again, Catherine Duncan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And guys, that is going to do it for us on the show today. As always, you can check me out online, Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Shea Comedy. Follow this show on Instagram on uh, using at Basement Lounge Pod. You can always check out my website, MikeShayComedy.com, for uh, information on when I'll be on stage, because I'm doing that again, and get more information about this show and everything else going on. Dead Serious Season 2 is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available and, of course, you guys can always support this show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash basementloungepod. This has been a new episode of The Basement Lounge. As always, I'm your host, Mike Shea. And until next time, guys, live well, rock on, take care, and bye-bye.